listen to MyMind.com, you might not go to hell. Mind of Man, Mind of God, number 56. It's September the 16th, 2007, the 24th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Hey, Dave. Hey, Reiner, what's happening, man? I don't know. What's happening with you? Nothing? Not a damn thing. Really? Just I just live for this podcast. <laughs> That's great, Dave. I'm sure a lot of people do. The rest of the week, the other however many hours, except for this half hour, 20 minutes, just boring. This is what? This is my life. Wow. That's sad. <laughs> it's really sad. Yeah. I'm, I've been busy. I've mentioned to you I was, helped be a roadie for the Adore tour that showed in Lexington. It was cool. Now, what is, what is the, uh, I mean, I know it's sort of like Christian music, but uh, what's the point of Adore? I mean, do they have a kind of a theme, or what is the message? Or Yeah, it's, it's all about Adore. It's called Adore 2097, which refers to paragraph 2097 in the Catholic Catechism, which talks about adoration and, and worshiping God. So it's about you know, they're putting professional quality music together with, you know, they have Eucharistic adoration and get together and experience Jesus and the Holy Spirit and some really cool songs. So. <laughs> and they have video too, right? They have video. They have, yeah. It's just cool light show. I mean, it was just a, it was just like a professional show about Jesus. <laughs> so it was neat. Cool. Yeah. So you can put a link on the website or something. I can do that. Look at this. Or? Yeah, they have a website. Oh, okay. So, and there's some YouTube videos and everything. Oh, it's cool. Excellent. And, and I should mention, we, you know, all our listeners should pay attention to see how this sounds since we're doing all kinds of different technical things with the noise. So we'll I hope so, because we want to eliminate this, this thing, which you might have heard. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Dave, I thought it was more like this. That's because I couldn't do it. My lips were too dry. No. <laughs> but anyway, hopefully that's all gone. Well, I hope so, too, because that was, that, that, that was a little annoying. We'll see. All right, so we're going to talk to about today's readings. And here, I got to see him, Reiner, as I as I'm want to do. Yeah. I think this is about uh, repentance, and there's another thing here. Oh, what did I put? Repentance and forgiveness. Forgiveness, that's what I would have said. Yeah. But I think, I think it's both parts. I think there's the repentance aspect before the forgiveness as well, because I think that's important in order to really hmm. forgive or be forgiven, I think. Well, no, I guess you don't have to. Someone doesn't have to repent for you to forgive them, but I think I think it's talking about that people need to repent. Yeah, and it's really, the forgiveness doesn't really do anything unless there's repentance in mm-hmm. there with it. I mean, you know, it's good for you to forgive them, but right, right. it doesn't heal anything unless there's repentance on the other side. And I like these Old Testament things. Cause God, I, you know, I kind of like the God in the Old Testament because he gets pissed. <laughs> like uh, he's he's ready to say, well let, let me alone then I so what do we say here let me alone then that my wrath may blaze up against them to consume them you know it's like wow and then Moses is there hey uh, about this whole blazing up stuff maybe you know maybe you don't want to do that yeah maybe yeah so so I, you know the Old Testament God he kind of 
kicks, you get a kick, little annoyed with those Israelites. Yeah, he kicks people's ass occasionally. I, you know, and people get, you know, well, I'll, I'll smote them. There's a lot of smoting going on there, too. Yes. Smiting. Smote. I will... Smiting? Yeah, I smite you. I've, I've smote you. I don't know. But that's the past tense? Uh, maybe, I think. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> but anyway, so I thought, you know, un- unusually so, I think all the readings were kind of of a theme this week. And they all kind of fit together. Usually that second reading is, you know, someone's high or stoned or something. But um, <laughs> this week it seemed like it all kind of fit there because the first one is, you know, God's talking to Moses and, you know, go talk to these people because they're worshiping a golden cow or something. Yeah, they built it themselves. So. Well, that was a popular thing back then, right? The ball or whatever it was? Yeah, they had lots of gods and they made images. That's part of the whole graven image, mm. you know, thing that, the, you know, the Jews were all against because they'd always say, okay, here's a, we'll make this thing and it's God now, so... When they started their deal, you know, or God started, however, he says, don't make any, you know, graven images. I'm God. I'm everywhere. You don't need a picture of something to... So what's the problem with that? Is it that then they're locating God in some type of physical locality or thing? Well, I think in this case, it's just um, idolatry. I mean, it's not God. It's like, oh... Let's manifest God in this magical item, rather than say, you know, God is not some magical item. He's the God of the universe and master. And so, yes, any particular place you say this is God is a mistake because he's everywhere (laughs) in everything. So I don't need to have a picture of him. Look around. Yeah, I guess it does kind of expand your your view of reality and your view of spirit and everything, not to have it just localized. Right, and I think they made this, I think part of this story is that Moses was up on the mountain a long time, and mm-hmm. they went, he's not coming back, we better hedge our bets, and okay, the, these people have this God, at least he's here, Moses was going to go, you know, get us some God from the mountain, and he's been gone for 40 days or however long he was gone. So they sort of waned and... So they, they were kind of doing it out of fear, in a way. Yeah, yeah. kind of. So. Well, that's an interesting point. I mean, don't we worship false gods out of fear often? Isn't that what happens just on the day-to-day basis? Maybe. Fear or... Like money or power or those things that we think are going to... Right, I didn't get what I wanted right away. Let's try this one over here then. Oh, yeah. right, yeah. <laughs> I'll take control, I'll take over. Exactly. I told God that he was supposed to give me this, and he didn't do it. So. By last Tuesday. Yeah, so I'm going to go get a different guy now. <laughs> mm-hmm. See if he gives it to me. That's right. Um, all right, now the second reading. Who we got there? Who's talking? Timothy. Paul. It's Paul's letter to Timothy. Oh, it's Paul. So, yeah, Paul was a big sinner. He's, it, now, is, is he the one that got knocked off the horse? Or? Yes, he was. Okay. He was so that's a, why he said, um, of these, I am the foremost. Yes. Just like him to brag about that. Yeah. He, he was a big deal Jewish leader that, you know, and then these, you know, rabble-rouser Christians came up and wanted to change stuff, so he persecuted them. <laughs> it seems church-like, doesn't it? Some, oh, yeah. Somebody wants to change something, so we kick him in the ass. That's exactly <laughs> right. So. 
he was part of the establishment, and so he, and then he got knocked off the horse and got said, uh, yoo-hoo, I'm the guy, it ain't all the, just the rules, oh, gee, <laughs> so. And, and here's, you know, I think this, this to me seemed like a continuation of the first reading and, and kind of an elaboration on it, because he talks a lot about mercy here, and I think in the first reading it was a little bit Moses saying, well, well, wait a minute, before you, like, kill everybody or, or, or you know, burn them, you kind of said we were going to, we had this covenant, we're going to come here and do this, and then, and then it said, you know, God repented or relented, I guess. Yes. So now we kind of bring in this concept of, of mercy, um, and he talks about being mercifully treated. Like right. that, like, the whole forgiveness thing comes Right. It's the same God being merciful, but under different circumstances. And maybe in a different, you know, I always think that this stuff, a lot of it is, you know, it's speaking to the contempt, the, I guess the, what would you say, the, uh, the ability of the people at the time to understand the concept. So yeah. perhaps an idea of a merciful God at this point was more understandable to yeah, I, I'm looking at that and I'm going, I, this is an interesting line. I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and arrogant. Right. But I've been mercifully treated. Right. Hmm, cool. It's good that, you know, those of us who could conceivably be arrogant can be forgiven. I don't know. <laughs> you just putting that one in your back pocket there? Yeah, I got that one. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's it's very, it's it's... It's more psychological, even even the concept of arrogance, if you think about it. I don't know. I don't know if you see so much that in the Old Testament, just the, the idea. Do you know what I mean? Well, you know, the, the Jews are somewhat arrogant in the sense that, and it's the same thing that happens today with Christians. You know, if you're don't, not my religion, you're going to hell. Right. Kind of thing, the, you know, because that's the whole covenant with God and the, his chosen people, right. you know, I will be your God and you will be my people. Well, that means that everybody else is not my people. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's, that's a, you can make that into arrogance without a lot of trouble. Well, sure. So. Absolutely. Yeah, it is trying to, to know the mind of God, too. Right. I think. Yes. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure he's got a bigger plan than all this, than everyone to hell that doesn't even start. Right, one would think that that's not really his plan to... I'm going to take this, you know, 2% of people and everybody else I'm planning to send to hell. Probably not. So, I guess it is, too. Yeah. And then we get into the third reading, which, you know, obviously a, 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 a big one, the prodigal son. And, uh, yeah, I, I, did, I did find it interesting that, you know, there's this big, long reading. Yeah. And then there's the alternate reading at the end. Right. And the alternate reading doesn't even have the prodigal son. It's just about... You know, people repenting, and you know, it's about the sh- lost sheep and the lost coin. That's the. I, know, sh- I noticed that too. So, so it makes you go, okay. Well, I think the point they're trying to make, therefore, is the repentance and seeking the lost, rather than. I mean, because you know, you, the prodigal son, yes, is very famous and everything, but but you get lost in in a lot of the story. Right. So I don't know. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I was wondering why they did that. That kind of makes sense. Yeah, the, the 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 shorter reading is a more condensed version of the actual message. You know, that that if something's lost, it's worth um, 
looking for. And, 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 and also, I think that the whole concept that you would leave the 99 sheep behind and go look for the one, that, that in it, I think it says that an individual is important, that each, each person or each spirit or each soul is important. Yeah, it, it also, though, has the same message that I always get. You know, it says there's more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than 99 righteous people who have no need of repentance. That's the same position that the son who stayed home had, right? His attitude of, I've been working my ass off for you. This guy goes and spends all your money on hookers, and we're having a party for him, and I never get shit. You know, I mean, it's, I always think that, and they say the same thing here, right? I have found the coin that I lost. You know, okay, great. I never got lost, really, but... Kind of encourages you to go get lost again. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, I you know, I hate to say it, but well, let's let's think about that. On, on let's let's think about that for a moment. There are people that that you know, if someone questions their faith, let's say, and then they go out and then they come back, it's almost like they're making more of a conscious choice. They're they they've done. Uh, things that perhaps run contrary to what they were programmed or taught or whatever, and now they're making a real conscious choice. How much, you know, someone never does these things or never follows perhaps their, their wilder inclinations, and, and say, are they really making a conscious choice for their faith, or are they just following the rules? Yeah, it, it makes you, th- I mean, realistically, you go, ah, who really has never been lost? Right. And if you're not... You better be watching for it. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> so. Well, I think I, I think there are people that that are very, um, you know, I think certain. You, you, I mean, you, you we talked about that with you in a sense, but I don't know that you're a good example. But you're more rule based in a way, right? That's true. Yeah, and there are people I think that get more comfort by rules. Because it gives them a structure and and what have you, and then there are people like me just feel sort of uncomfortable with any rule. I mean, but just no matter what it is, um, maybe traffic rules are okay. But, um, so so I don't know. You know, maybe it's it's interesting though to think about that because they really do do that a lot. Where in the in the Bible, I think where they they emphasize this, you know, someone that maybe goes against the rules but comes back and. Uh, yeah, no, something to think about. I don't yeah. quite have it all figured out. I, I know the the way to, of course, figure this out is to see how this relates to foosball. Cause, uh, <laughs> yes, I think you're right. I, I, I was thinking the same thing. Man, we are so in tune on this. Um, repentance, forgiveness, foosball. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I got nothing. <laughs> I got nothing. It's like... Well, you do have to forgive yourself, I think, when you're playing football. Because, you know, in the course of a game, you're going to make stupid You're going to do things that are contrary to what you know is right. Well, you, you know what? You're going to lose concentration. And here's the thing. Yeah, that's kind of true. It, it, it has more to do with your team, mate. You know, if, if you screw up and we lose some points and I'm just pissed off about the dumb thing you did... You need to say, I'm sorry, and I need to go, okay, and then we need to move on, or we're just going to be obsessing about that stupid thing we did and, and never 
move forward. That's a good point. It's really hard to be in the present moment when you're thinking about the mistakes you've made. That's right. And then, you know, mistakes, repentance, I don't know. How does it, what does that have to do with? No sex for you. Well, I think, I think you have to say you're sorry a lot in sex. Well, well, you probably do, Dave. I apologize quite often. (laughs) Oh, God. I'm sorry. This has never happened before. You know, Uh, who hasn't said that? I have have never said that. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know. Well, yes. Well, you know, uh, this is all about, you know, as 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 I'm listening to kind of what we're talking about here, I'm thinking... This whole idea of repentance and forgiveness, it's all about loosening up the energy, loosening up. You know, I think you can, you can harden around resentment. You can harden around your faults. You can harden around your mistakes. And it can make you afraid to move forward, afraid to try something different, afraid whatever. So I think that applies in the sexual romantic relationship, too, that, you know, I think a lot of times, Resentment certainly comes into the bedroom, you know. Oh, oh, it certainly does. <laughs> if if you're, and and more in the sense that it's not not about the sex so much. Well, maybe sometimes about not getting right. any. But, right. But a lot of times you don't get it because you're carrying, you know, some of this anger and resentment and stuff with you in there. And then I say, I ain't giving this up to you because I'm already pissed at you. Right. So. If, if sex then becomes a kind of currency. You know, uh, you, you haven't paid me in this way, so I'm not going to pay you with sex or affection or whatever. I know. Makeup sex would be good, though. Makeup sex is good? Yeah, you know. If you and, can get it. Sometimes angry sex is good, though. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> not too angry, hopefully. <laughs> right, exactly. So. All right, so um, I want to read something to end our show from Wikipedia about repentance. I thought this was kind of interesting. Is about how, where the word uh, repentance comes from. The New Testament, the word translated as repentance, is the Greek word met, metanoia, after slash behind one's mind, that's what it means, which is a compound word of the preposition meta, after, with, and the verb noio, to perceive, to think, the result of perceiving or observing. In this compound word, the preposition combines two meanings of time and change, which may be denoted by after and different, so that the whole compound means to think differently after. Metanoia is therefore primarily an afterthought, different from the former thought, a change of mind accompanied by regret and change of conduct, change of mind and heart, or change of consciousness. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. Yes, I, I always can consider that word metanoia to me like a, a turning around. Mm-hmm. You know, but that that is interesting. Yes, afterwards, you're different than you were before, and that's what makes the repentance really true. If you keep doing the same thing over again, even though you've repented, you haven't really done it. Yeah, you've just sort of said, oh, I'm sorry because you're mad at me, and don't, don't be mad at me. Exactly. Exactly, repent. Cool. All right, man, everybody, have a good day. Be repentant. Yes. Unless you don't have anything to be repentant for. <laughs> Which is unlikely, so. And if you don't, go out there and do something to be repentant for. Yeah. Life's short. <laughs> All right, see you later, everybody. Ciao. You can make it. Judith.
mommog.com.